you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. And now, Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. What's up, everybody? Welcome to Move the Sticks. DJ and Bucky here. And uh, Buck, man, we have got, I think, my favorite guest that we've had. I think we're 270 episodes or so into the podcast. I think it's the, the best guest we've ever had today. Yeah, I think so. This is an exciting one. We uh, talk about one of the guys, one of the goats in terms of changing the game, revolutionizing the game, to have Michael Vick come on and have a little discussion. I'm excited about it. I know a lot of people should be excited to hear what he has to say about some of the things that are popping. Yeah, look, this has been kind of the big storyline for the uh, for the last few days. Uh, Bill Polian, uh, you know, look, who's been multi-year executive of the year. You were in Buffalo when, when uh, Mr. Polian was there, correct? But- <laughs> right after he was there, he had just departed. John Butler took over as GM. But a lot of what the Buffalo Bills did still came from Bill Polian's philosophy and ideology. So um, I'm very, very familiar with how he sees the game and how he views the team-building process. Yeah, look, Bill Pullian, multi-year uh, executive of the year. He's built uh, those Buffalo Bill teams that, that had a lot of success. He was there. Carolina uh, Panthers. The Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, Carolina yeah, Panthers. Panthers as well. I mean, it's crazy to think so, about. Yeah, no, he's six-time executive no, of the year. No, he's been successful, Buck. You can't, you can't argue with uh, the success that he's had, but I think it, it created a little bit of a mini firestorm when he said he thought Lamar Jackson should switch positions and play wide receiver. So uh, we've both been on the record on this. You know, there's going to be – I saw a video that we had did in December that somebody sent to me. We were talking about this back in December when we we both said Lamar Jackson would be the most polarizing player mm-hmm. if he does come out. He'd be the most polarizing player in the country, and I think that's kind of what we're seeing. Yeah, we are seeing it. And I think um, because he's going to challenge your ability to, um, I guess, either play traditional or non-traditional football. The game has progressed where we're trying to figure out – where do these dual-threat quarterbacks fit into the equation when it comes to the National Football League? Lamar Jackson is explosive. He's dynamic. He's electric with the ball in his hands. He chews up yardage as a runner, but has a big-time arm as a passer. May have his struggles when it comes to accuracy, 
but we have seen him deliver some big-time passes in big games, and there have been plenty of games where we can say that he's been the best guy on the field. When you couple that with can he play a traditional style, it leads to fireworks. And when you have some old-school guys who see those guys who may not necessarily have all the polish as a passer, but they're very athletic and they offer something as an athlete and a playmaker, talking about moving those guys to receiver, yeah, you can get some pushback and some reaction. I think that's what we've seen the last week. Yeah, and look, we've talked about this. You know it's uh... – you know, it's an interesting conversation or it's an intriguing player when Bucky and I, we have all this time every week to talk on air and on the podcast about players. When we're having when we're having phone calls outside of that, when we're talking, I'm out at flag football practice and we're talking for 30, 40 minutes uh, about certain topics. You know, it's uh, it's pretty interesting. And this has been one we've been talking about for a while here, Buck. And I just come back to look, if this was the Dan Fouts era, I get it. But the game has changed. The game has evolved. Offensive, offenses have changed and morphed around these particular set of skills that Lamar Jackson has in terms of his ability to take off and go. Um, I, I just think he's, I think you can form an offense around him. You're going to have to change what you did, but we saw Houston, mm-hmm. as you've mentioned several times, do the same thing last year. So I think he's definitely going to get an opportunity to play quarterback. And I've gone on record say I think he's a top 40 pick. Now, whether that's a, a late one, early two, I'd be shocked if he's there in the middle of the second round, I'd be, I'd be shocked. I would be too. Um, I, haven't gone on record and said, oh, I believe he's uh, a consensus first-round pick. I do believe top 40, top 45, that's somewhere where he comes off the board. I think the big thing for Lamar is going to the right situation with a creative offensive play calling designer that knows how to utilize his skills. When you look at the landscape and some of the teams that do need a quarterback, be it a number one or a number two, Seattle comes to mind, obviously, because you have Russell Wilson. You have Russell Wilson coming up on the end of his short extension. Maybe you have a Lamar Jackson in place to take over just in case something goes haywire with Russell Wilson. Some of the other quarterbacks that we've talked about, Ben Roethlisberger, is nearing the end of his career, the way Pittsburgh typically does business. Um, And opening it up, having a wide-open offense, Mike Tomlin having connection uh, with players. There are a number of different situations that would be enticing and intriguing for Lamar Jackson. I just hope that he has an opportunity to go to a spot that really utilize his skills and not necessarily worried about him being a 10, 15-year player, but worry about him being a really, really good player for five to seven years. And if he plays longer than that, so be it. Yeah, no question. Well, I think, look, we can talk about this forever, but I think the folks want to hear uh, from Michael Vick, who's one of the I, think the, I guess it's safe to say he's the most explosive player to ever play quarterback in the National Football League. And so this is uh, someone that has a relationship with Lamar Jackson, someone who has been compared to uh, when Lamar Jackson's name comes up. So if this if Lamar Jackson's a topic of conversation, there's one guy you want to talk to, and, and we got him. Here's our talk with Mike Vick. I'm very excited for our next guest, Bucky. He was the first pick in the 2001 NFL Draft. 15 years he served as a quarterback in the National Football League. Michael Vick is joining us. Uh, Michael, how you doing, man? I'm doing good. How y'all doing, both of y'all? Great, to man. Great oh, to have shoot. you on. We cannot yeah. complain. I, I want to jump. I want to jump right in with you, man, because I want to go back to a game. This is 2016. This is Louisville against Florida State, and that was kind of the, the coming out party for Lamar Jackson, uh, just running up and down the field against the Seminoles. And then you fired off a tweet uh, during that game, which kind of, I think, I think that really put Lamar Jackson on the map when he got the full endorsement. You see it right here from Michael Vick. Lamar Jackson, five times better than what I was at VTech. Enough said, hashtag 
future. Was that the first time you had seen Lamar play? And what was your what was your impression the first time you saw him on the field? Yeah, well, I, I had heard about Lamar on several occasions, and that was the first day I was actually in the house on a Saturday uh, watching college football, and I happened to catch Louisville and Florida State. And I could not believe what I had seen. Uh, I could not believe the things that he was able to do. It was a spitting image of me. And the only thing that came to my mind was this kid was is five times better than what I was when I was at Virginia Tech only because he was doing it against Florida State. And I remember, you know, how difficult it was for me to move the chains against Florida State, what effort had to be put into uh, getting first downs, scoring touchdowns, hanging with them, uh, you know, pretty much going wide to wide. And I see this guy going there and just annihilate these guys uh, from the start of the game to the ending. And I just thought it was impressive. So, you know, the hashtag future was something that I felt like – you know, needed to be said at the time. He needed to be paid attention to, and his game really showed that he had what it takes to play on the next level, even at that time. I think I know your answer, and you're going to be in agreement with the two guys you're talking to here, but this this kid is a uh, he's a quarterback, correct, Michael? Yeah, he's a quarterback. I've been hearing about things being thrown out there about him playing receiver, and They'll probably say he needs to play defensive back next. But listen, the kid is 6'3", 215 pounds. Uh, I know the hashes are wider in college football, so it creates a a little bit more space uh, in terms of running with the football and and stretching the field, moving the pocket. But for anybody to say that Lamar Jackson is a receiver, um, I, I don't think they understand the quarterback position. I don't think they appreciate the value that can be brung from the quarterback position. Uh, you know, it, it was just kind of mind-boggling to me to hear that. Um, and and I can understand why those type of things can be said because people don't know him. They haven't sat down with him in a film room. They haven't talked to him and had discussions with him. They're only going off what they hear. And you can't live in this world going off what you hear. I know perception, you know, uh, outweighs reality uh, pretty much you know, 100% of the time in this world. But you got to give the kid a chance. He's a quarterback, hands down. If I was a GM, I would draft him. You know, whether it's the first round or fourth round, you know, you look at all the quarterbacks coming out in the draft, they're all projects. Nobody's guaranteed to do anything. You know, Mike, as one of the guys who kind of, like, ushered in this new movement of mobile quarterbacks or athletic playmakers that can affect you not only as a passer but as a runner, what advice would you yeah. give to Lamar in terms of making the transition from a college playmaker that was a dual threat to being a little more traditional at the position as a pro? Well, I, I think first and foremost, you, uh, you know, take into the, the understanding that, you know, you're going to the next level and it's not about all about your athletic ability. Uh, it's about the competence that you have uh, once the ball is snapped. I think his focus needs to be centered around uh, learning NFL concepts. Right now, even if he's not uh, signed with the NFL team, if, even if he's going through the pre-draft process, uh, this is the time to you know, call up various quarterback coaches, including myself, if we have a relationship, and, and just have me throw some plays out there. Let's sit down and talk, talk through some plays, route concepts, how to call them, how to say them, how to approach the huddle. Uh, those are the things that are going to be the challenges uh, when playing in the National Football League. 
It's not about your athletic ability of rolling right, rolling left, dropping back, throwing the ball 50, 60 yards. It, it's about stepping into the huddle, uh, understanding what the play uh, really entails, uh, who's primary, who's secondary, what the checkdowns are, uh, and, and you know, understanding the position as a whole. It, it's not about you know running, you know, taking off running and getting 30 or 40 yards or getting seven yards. You know, the primary goal is to move the chains and be efficient, be a leader. And I think that's what Lamar Jackson has to work on now, uh, just the verbiage and getting ready to speak the game in the National Football League. You know, Mike, I know you served as a coaching intern under Andy Reid in Kansas City. Andy Reid did a great job of elevating your game when you were in Philadelphia. Now that, you've been, now that you've been on that other side, as a coach, what would you think about Lamar Jackson? How would you help him elevate his game? Well, first of all, I, would, I wouldn't start Lamar as a, as a rookie, um, whether he goes in the first round, second round, or third round. I think a majority of these guys coming out in the draft, uh, quarterback-wise, are project. You let these guys sit for a year or two, pretty much what uh, Andy Reid did with Patrick Mahomes this year, gave Alex Smith a chance uh, to go out and, and, and be the proven leader that he is, let the young guy learn. Uh, it, it's, you know, it's uncanny what you know, a year in the film room can do for you as a, as a player, as for your confidence. And... Uh, you know, just watching another guy play, you can learn so much vicariously. So my plan with Lamar would be to make sure he has the best mentor in front of him, uh, sit him for a year or two, never know, uh, really critique him in preseason, take his preseason film, and build from there. And, and that's the way it has to be done. Quarterbacks are not always going to be Matt Ryan or Joe Flacco or Ben Roethlisberger where they can step in in their first year and take the team, their team uh, to the NFC or AFC championship game. It's a process, and it's, you have to be patient. And some of these teams don't have the patience, but they have veteran quarterbacks who can lead the way and get the team off to a good start while their younger guy uh, waits in the background and, and, and get ready to take the franchise over uh, for the future. Uh, Michael, you said you've got a chance to visit with him. Where Where is he at right now from a football knowledge standpoint? And maybe compare that to where you were uh, with your knowledge base when, when you entered the league. Well, today's times are different. You got guys training all over the place. They're spread out. They're with quarterback coaches. They're with uh, training gurus, so to speak. Uh, all of these guys who are supposed to uh, enhance their intangibles and their attributes, which is a good thing. I, I think that's that's what needs to be done. That's the necessity uh, as of right now. Uh, in terms of Lamar, I think he's focused on proving to everybody that he's a quarterback. Uh, pretty much similar to me when I came out in the 2001 draft. You know, the only thing I was thinking about was how cerebral can I be? When I step into the draft room, when I step into uh, the, the quarterback's room, quarterback room on my visits, how am I going to be able to articulate the play calls? How am I going to be able to impress them and show them that I can play above the neck? And that's what's important right now. I think Lamar's focused on that. That's what I focused on. And I've been giving them those little tidbits of advice and small things to do to make yourself uh, an eligible quarterback in this draft and uh, one that's going to get drafted high like he, like he probably always dreamed about. You know, a lot of people don't know him well because he's kind of uh, he's quiet and a little bit reserved. 
just in your dealings with him and getting close with him. What, what's the personality uh, of Lamar Jackson like, Michael? Lamar's a very cool kid, man. He's he's funny. Uh, he, he's outgoing. You have to get to know him. I, I think you know where Lamar's from. Uh, it's probably uh, similar to situations of a lot of uh, NFL athletes or players or just people around the world who ex- experience things that uh, they're brought up in and, and they don't ask for. Uh, so he, he he can be reserved at times, but at the end of the day, the kid loves football. Uh, his teammates love him. I can see that through. Uh, just watching uh, various uh, interviews and 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 small uh, just clips on him hanging with the guys and being a great uh, great friend mentor to to all the guys around him, making them better in the locker room. Uh, so, you know, he's going to be a guy that's going to be a great teammate at the end of the day. I think he steps in and he if he's willing to learn, uh, he take on, takes on the right attitude, get with the correct coach, the right coach that can help him. Uh, you know, take his game to another level because sometimes, you, you know, great coaches, you know, make players great too, make good players great. Uh, so I think it's all about the communication process with Lamar Jackson right now and just, you know, having fun, enjoying the whole process because it's not easy. You know, Mike, you, you, you mentioned a point about a great, a great coach can make a good player great. When you look around the league, what do you think the ideal situation would be for Lamar Jackson in terms of team or maybe the coaching staff? Well, that's tough because I haven't had a chance to think about what was going on around the league. I've been opening up the the app uh, on my phone, the NFL app, checking out things that's going on. The season's over, so I kind of left it alone for a minute. But when you look around the league, you look at teams like uh, the New York Jets, uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, even though I think Blake Borders is the starter for 2018 and should be, and he's earned that right. You put a guy like Lamar Jackson around behind uh, Blake Borders, then I think it, it, it enhances Blake Borders' game, makes him play harder, put a little pressure on him indirectly, but you also got a guy on, on the bench, uh, coming off the bench, who can be a great reserve, who can come in and uh, pretty much keep the offense going. So I think that has to be the primary goal, but uh, Arizona, and that's a team that's going to need a quarterback. Maybe they get one in free agency. Maybe they draft uh, Lamar Jackson. Uh, sit them and then bring in another veteran. Uh, there's tons of guys out there that they can bring in. Nick Foles may be, you know, on the trade block. He may be a guy who Arizona can bring in and, and Lamar can be uh, a guy who can sit behind him and have him as a mentor. Uh, I did that with Nick, so I'm pretty sure he's ready to do that with the next guy and, and, and the next generation of quarterbacks to come. So, you know, it's exciting, man. It's fun to see. Uh, I can't wait to see how this draft shapes up, how everything unfolds. And where these guys end up, I'm excited about a lot of them. You know, I can't, I can't let you go without asking you that because you're on the cover, man. So many of these guys watched you uh, play, play with you on the video game. When you look at this next class of quarterback, the Baker Mayfields and some of the other athletic guys, Josh Allen's athletic, Sam Darnold, um, what is the challenge of being an athletic playmaker and knowing when to use your legs and when to sit in the pocket and be patient and allow the scheme and the play to open up for you? It's all instinctive. You know, you can't go into a game trying to predetermine uh, that I'm going to run on second down a majority of the time or you drop back on first down, you throw an incomplete pass and it's second and ten and you predetermine that, okay, on this play, I'm going to just take off and run. Whenever I did that, those were the times where I ended up getting sacked or, or getting tackled for a loss uh, of, of game. And, you know, you got to be instinctive. You just got to play the game uh, 
it's different at the quarterback position because the game is just based on feel. So I would say almost, you know, 95% of the time that I ran in the National Football League, you know, it was all on instinct. And, and I let the pocket dictate what happens, whether, you know, I seen a guy open and I had to get the ball out of my hands and release it. Or I just slid up in the pocket and the lane was right there and I, I felt it. You know, so, you know, these guys have to come in, use their athletic ability uh, when needed and, and not try to force it. Mike, last question from me, and this is just selfish because uh, I want to get your thoughts on this. But I started scouting in 03. Bucky started scouting, I believe it was your year that you came out. So I just missed you. And so I reached out the other day. I said, we're going to get a chance to talk to Michael. And I, look, I was around you for a couple of years there in Philadelphia and saw the amazing uh, years you had there. But I said, I want to go back to when Mike first started. What was it like? What was your evaluation of him coming into the league? And I got one story uh, from a buddy who was an executive that said, you're on the team planes uh, for another team going across the country. And he said, you watch, you always watch the afternoon game if you played an earlier game. And he said, any time that Michael Vick's game was on, everybody was paying attention. Everybody on the whole plane was watching you. And it was, it was oohs and ahs every time you did something. He said, without question. So you know this. So he said, without question, Michael Vick was the NFL player's favorite player for a decade. Did you, did you sense that? Did you feel that? Did you know that when you were living it? Absolutely. I felt that. I had a friend that played for the Baltimore Ravens named Cornell Brown, who played at Virginia Tech, who I became close with. And he had told me after the 1999 season that the Baltimore Ravens said if I, if I was eligible to come out as a freshman, they would have drafted me. So I knew that everybody was paying attention. It was more pressure on me coming back into my second year in, two, in 2000 when I had the Heisman Trophy. Uh, that I was gunning for and so many accolades, Big East player of the year and the top player in the country. It was a it was a bit more pressure, but I knew every week that all eyes was on me. And uh, I enjoyed that moment. I enjoyed those times. And I feel like I really stepped up to the challenge when it was needed. You know, Mike, I, I, I can't let you go without telling you that when I work for the Carolina Panthers, you are we our good, kryptonite. Yeah, no, you are our kryptonite. There were so many times. I remember when you came back from injury on a Sunday night game and you dove, it seemed like, from the 10-yard line to score the game-winning touchdown. Uh, your ability to make plays led John Fox to spend – countless hours looking for the next Mike Vick because he was committed to trying to find a running quarterback, a quarterback who could run and impact the game. So from a personal standpoint, Carolina going down to Atlanta, having to see you play, having to see you run around and make plays and throw it all over the yard, it was tough but exciting in the same place. I can't thank you enough for what you were able to do for the next generation of athletic quarterbacks that have made their way to the league. Thank you. Thank you. That's what it's about, man. Uh, it's about the next generation, and if I can continue to help these guys and, and put them in position uh, to be successful, then that's what I do. All right, last question. I promise this is it. I'm going to let you run on this one, Michael. But we started off this interview with the tweet you had where you said Lamar Jackson five times better than I was. I'm not sure about that, but I want to get true honesty here. Just a simple one. Who's faster? I was faster. I'm faster. <laughs> <laughs> I was faster in 1999, 2000 than Lamar Jackson, but as of right now. But you know what, man? I had I had surgery on my ankle a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. I'm back probably like 80%. 
So I'm probably I'm probably running about a half four five right now, man. It, it, it hasn't all diminished. I promise you that. If I get chased, listen. If something happens and I have to run and get away from somebody, I'm gonna get away from them. I'm that fast. Oh, that's it. That's it. We're ended. We're ended on that one. Hey, Michael. I know. Uh, I know you're busy, man. We appreciate you taking the time to visit with us today. Uh, best of luck, and let's catch up again in the future. Uh, I appreciate it, guys. Have a good one. Well, Buck, that's, uh, that's easily, I said maybe it's our favorite or maybe our best. I, that is easily my favorite guest we've had on the Move of Sticks podcast. Man, I love everything about Michael Vick. I love everything about what he said about playing the position, being humble enough to say that Lamar Jackson was uh, light years ahead of him at this stage of his career when he was a collegiate. Um, I also like some of the advice that he doled out and dispensed to Lamar Jackson in terms of, what he would need to do to be a really, really good player in the league. And some of the other things he talked about, the next generation of quarterbacks. I think it will be interesting as Lamar Jackson makes his journey to the National Football League if he does get with a Mike Vick because Mike Vick has gone through all of this. He's seen how they've tried to change him. He's seen how he's had to fit into different offensive schemes. Um, if he can lean on a true mentor, a mentor who can really relate to the challenges that he will face, I think it really could help him avoid some of the missteps in terms of playing the game uh, incorrectly and being able to play the game the right way to not only allow himself to be a playmaker, but to allow himself to be a healthy playmaker that plays for a long time. Interesting thing with, with, with Michael having been there in Philadelphia with him, Buck, is to see where he had, where he had grown in the mental aspect of the position yes. that I almost just wish that, that that version of Michael Vick could have gone back and talked to that rookie Michael Vick. Whew. Man, if, if those it converged for a brief time there, right, in Philadelphia, where he still had that athleticism, and then he had all the knowledge he had gained, especially being there under Andy Reid. Can you imagine if he had those two things combined and went through his prime? I mean, he was... He was a dom, he was a four-time Pro Bowler, uh, one of the best players in the league. But man, if you could have combined those two things, watch out. You know, and, and thinking about that, and, and thinking about it, spinning it forward to Lamar Jackson. Imagine if a Lamar Jackson is able to take the mental and combine it with the physical and what he could be. And I think that's what we talked about on the phone um, offline. We we talked about, you know, a lot of the things that we do as scouts. You know, we pick apart and we try and find the critiques and the criticisms. But sometimes it really comes down to what could he be if all things go well. And sometimes you need to present that case. Lamar Jackson could be the biggest wild card. He could be the most explosive and electrifying player of this draft if he goes to the right situation and does the things that we think that he can do, not only physically but mentally. His ceiling is tremendous. And so it's just a matter of which team, which coordinator, which head coach says, I buy into what he brings to the table, and I'm willing to cultivate that talent and just see where it leads us. Yeah, and there's no longer your offense if you're a head coach or offensive coordinator. It is Lamar's offense. You're going to craft it and build it around him. Absolutely. I think that's the way to do it. And I think all we have to do is look at last year. The Houston Texans struggled with Tom Savage for a half. They go to Deshaun Watson. After a game, they decide, you know, we're just going all in on Deshaun Watson. The offense is averaging over 30 points. It's one of the more exciting offenses to watch. You remove Deshaun Watson from the field. You go back to that pedestrian offense with Tom Savage and others. You see right away the benefit of having a playmaker of that degree and being able to build an offense that is tailored perfectly to his skills. One of the questions I've been getting a bunch on social media is people have been asking about the 360 series. So if you're new to the Move the Sticks podcast, maybe you're not familiar with this, 
This started, I believe it was the year with, with Jameis Winston and, uh, and Marcus Mariota. We wanted to devote an entire podcast to one player. And what we did is went back and we brought in all types of different sources from their life, from high school, uh, from college. We talked about players maybe they've been compared to. We brought in some amazing guests and we made one complete episode on Jameis Winston. We did one complete episode on Marcus Mariota. We've since gone through and done it on, on a few players in each draft class. And this year... Uh, Buck, I think it's our best year ever in terms of our 360 series. And if you enjoyed listening to Michael Vick today on Lamar Jackson, wait till you hear the Lamar Jackson 360 series that's coming because we have his high school coach, Buck. We've got somebody that coached him at Louisville. This Mike Vick will weave this in there as well. Uh, it is, I think it's the best we've ever done, and we're going to have several more for all these uh, top players in this draft class, so be on the lookout for that. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think this 360 series has an opportunity to not only be our best, but most in-depth series of 360 interviews that we've done the last couple of years. This quarterback class, the, the guys that have so many questions and intrigue about them, we're going to try and dig down and get all the answers before draft day. I'm excited about it. Yeah, and if you're a fan, you're, you're, uh, you're getting some good stuff because this is something that I've been told – uh, first-hand owners listen to these 360 series because if you're in the market for a quarterback you want to learn about these guys this is a great tool for you to do that so uh, be on the lookout for that again thanks to michael vick for joining us that was a, a lot of fun chatting with him buck the combine next week uh we all talk about the on the field workouts and we'll get a chance to preview and react to everything that takes place on the field but uh had a chance this week to to put a little ask five together you want to you want to drop the ask five drop there silly ask five Ooh, that felt good. I, I, I always, I always, I always forget we have that thing. Yeah. Uh, but Buck, I just the question, the question was pretty simple. Was just uh, who has the most writing on the combine interview? So I, I don't know if you've got a chance to see it, Buck. So I just want to get your reaction. What you would say? Which which player has the most writing on those interviews in the evening? I mean, it has to be Josh Rosen um, in this because Josh Rosen is a guy that we all have seen the talent. We've all have talked about. He may be the most ready to be able to play the position however there's some questions about his desire his grit his ability to kind of want to be the guy that is the leader of the squad and really wants to play the game for a long time how he answers these questions in meeting will give teams a real insight and idea can they trust him to be the face of the franchise going forward so he to me has the biggest to gain with his performance in combine interviews because if he does it right Who's to say that he doesn't walk out of there as the number one overall pick by the end of the process? Yeah, that, that came away. Uh, Josh Rosen got two votes on here. I'll give you the quotes real quick if uh, if the folks listen haven't haven't checked this out. Uh, this was the first one from an executive. Uh, I feel like Baker Mayfield will have the confidence and charisma to carry a room in a quick interview setting. Rosen could be polarizing, intelligent, but no telling how he'll come across. My gut feeling is that half the room is turned off and half the room is impressed. I think that's something – that's the line you've used, Buck, is that he's not going to be for everyone. But, again, it only takes one. I'll give you the, the other one on him, uh, which was first impressions can set the tone for the spring, and Rosen could easily dazzle a team in a 15-minute first interview. I'd expect him to excel in that arena. Yeah, I, I think he will excel. I think he's bright. He's articulate. I think until you get to know him, you really don't know. All of this stuff has been so speculative on – what his personality is. I think when you sit down, you can find him as a very, very intelligent guy. He's worldly. He has a tremendous football mind. He understands football at a high level. It really comes down to 
whoever the offense coordinator, the quarterback coach, whoever's around him, are they willing to take on the challenge of having to always explain the why? He has to know the why behind why you're doing certain things. If you can handle that part of it, I don't think you'll have a problem with Josh Rosen. What's the question? What do you think, you know, if you're going to jump back inside that room, having spent time in those interview rooms, what's the what's the one question he's going to get in every room? Uh, do you love it? How much do you love it? How much are you winning, willing to um, put in to be great at the position? You have all these other interests. You're smart. You, you I mean, you come from a situation where both mom and dad are accomplished. How much do you love football? I think that is going to be the biggest question that he faces. Yeah, I think that I think you're right. I think another question, I think people are going to try and get under his skin. Uh, they're going to try and needle him a little bit. Uh, I can envision some some people taking him down the road of, hey, you, you're the you think you're worthy of the first pick. How come you didn't win more? You know, how come you guys didn't accomplish more? At UCLA, what's his answer to that going to be? Is he going to internalize that, and and is he going to take on some onus for uh, for maybe them not living up to expectations, or is he going to spread blame? Is he going to blame coaches? Is he going to blame teammates? What's what's his answer going to be to that? I guarantee you, there's going to be some teams that are going to try and get under his skin a little bit. Oh, for sure, I, I fully anticipate that part of it. I believe that um, people who don't get the norm, they're going to think that it's going to be that. That really affects him. And I don't think that's going to be the thing that pushes his button. I think to push his button, you will have to put something up on the board or ask him something that doesn't make any sense as it relates to football or concepts or the like. That is the stuff that I kind of irk him and irritate him, like you're challenging his intelligence, his intellect, or whatever. The personality part, yeah. I don't think yelling and fussing and all that other stuff really is going to bother him. I think he can check out on that. I think it really has to be something that appeals to his mind and his intellect that will disturb him to make him kind of exhibit the, whatever it is you're trying to push his button to get the reaction from. All right, another player we got two votes for here. I got two votes when I reached out to some executives around the league was Arden Key. Uh, defensive end, very talented defensive end from LSU. Uh, this was one response. Key really needs to explain what happened last offseason. He was out of school uh, and talk about where he is now. He was the biggest disappointment of the 2017 season. And then the other one was uh, another answer, a vote for Key. People have to meet the person, see if he can explain everything that's happened over the last two years. He needs to gain the trust of the decision makers. When right, he's a special talent. Yeah, he has a lot of explaining to do because there are a lot of people that were excited about his prospects. They thought he was going to be a game changer at the position. And then all offseason, there were so many different stories, whether he's playing, he's not playing, he's off the team, he's having issues. What is the deal with Arden Key? And then when you throw that um, with the tape that you look at, and the tape was up and down. You don't see a guy that consistently plays with a high motor. Sometimes he can be bullied uh, in games. You just wonder how much does he want it? Is he really, really trying to be – an elite player at the position. So he has a lot to answer for because it comes down to trust. Can I trust you to be the guy that we're drafting you to be? A dominant player that's going to show up week in, week out, and be a force off the edge? I think a lot of people have questions on whether he's committed to being that guy. I don't know if you get the same name I get, but the biggest fear with Arden Key is this name comes up over and over again. Randy Gregory. Oh, Randy Gregory. Okay. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, you know that's a I mean? good one. The same type of yeah, deal, I mean, same 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 type of deal. These issues are very very real, and as as much as we can become intoxicated by the talent, the guy has to show up and be ready to play, and he has to want to play. And 
you can't make the guy want to play and want to play it at a high level. Football is a hard game. And so, yeah, everyone is looking at him saying, hey, do you really want this? So he's going to have to be able to answer those questions. The last one here is uh, is for Baker Mayfield, Buck. It says, uh, big opportunity for Mayfield. Let's see if he owns up to past incidents and how he conducts himself. I think it is big for Baker Mayfield. I think it's bigger than even he knows. Um, I think the biggest question, and we've had this in here, do you want to be a franchise quarterback or do you want to be a celebrity? All those transgressions and all the other stuff that we can talk about, is seen gesture, running from the cops, like that stuff is not necessarily what I'm worried about. Do you want to do the dirty work? Are you committed to doing the stuff that you need to do away from the limelight to be a starting quarterback? When you look at the guys that are successful, they're not always in the limelight. They're not always seen. They're not photographed. They're not always on IG. They're not Instagram stars. Like They are kind of just going about their business, doing their work. I get it. Look, you're college kids coming out of Heisman Trophy winner. Life is fun. It's enjoyable. But at some point, can you turn the page? I believe he is going to be asked about that a ton, and that is going to determine how how much people fully, fully buy in on his prospects as a player. Yeah, I'm with you. Look, my advice, and I know some people think this is silly and it's overreaction. Dude, just just lay off social media. Just just lay off of it. Um, it's it's when you're going to invest a top pick in a quarterback. Right, wrong, or indifferent. It, you sleep better at night as a decision maker when you think from when he wakes up in the morning till when he goes to bed at night, this kid is 100% all in on football, preparing for football. Look, I know I get the bigger picture of leading a balanced life, Buck. I think we both admit mm-hmm. that. But as if, you're, if your job's on the line and you're getting ready to select a quarterback who carries your future and whether or not you have to move your kids oh, out I, of their school, I, I, you want to be thinking that this guy is obsessed with football. He's not worried about everything else that's going on in the world. It, Right, wrong, or indifferent, those are the facts. I'm going to need you to love it. I'm going to need you to really, really love it. Like, it's going to have to be an obsession, an obsession that makes you wake up every day to want to be the best. Because if you don't love it like that, it's going to be hard for us to be in the same boat because we're trying to get to the destination. We're trying to get to the winner's circle. And if you're not committing the same amount of time, same amount of energy, same amount of effort to trying to get that done, we're going to have a tough time doing it. And I think that's how a lot of people are viewing these quarterbacks, which is – which is the who is the guy that I can hitch my wagon to when he's going to get us there? Yep, no question. Well, that's uh, that's some of the questions that I'm sure he will get in the interview room. It's going to be fun though to watch all these guys throw. Hopefully, we get a chance to see all of them. I think they will all throw. All the top quarterbacks on the same field get to watch them uh, spin the rock a little bit. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we'll have some. We'll have you covered from start to finish on the combine. What NFL.com? Uh, we'll have you on NFL Network. Uh, all your combine needs will be taken care of there. And actually, the move of sticks will be coming uh, a couple episodes live from there. we got Sully hopping on the bird and going out there. So yes, we'll sir. get some good sound. And, and uh, we'll have some, some big things coming, right, Sully? Yeah, hit, hitting the road again. I love it. Love it, fellas. Can't wait to get to Indy. First time going to the combine. So uh, going to be gonna be fun talking to GMs and uh, doing a couple pods out there. So looking forward to it. Sully getting his frequent flyer miles up, Buck. I yep. know. He's, he's, he's there. Sully's going to be in first class on the flight. Yeah, right. More like in the back by the toilet, but we're, we'll still get there. That That's not the point. <laughs> yeah, we'll have we'll have some good content, though, for everybody. So I hope you look forward to that. Uh, I think that's going to do it for us today. Look, that was fun. We've got, again, we've got some big-time 360s coming. We've got combine coverage coming. Uh, we've got all your needs here, 
All your draft needs taken care of here on the Move the Six podcast. Thanks again to everybody for leaving us uh, those rankings and reviews on Apple iTunes. We do appreciate that. Uh, what a fun podcast, Buck. I can't wait to get out to Indy, uh, get together, and uh, we'll do this again. Uh, that's going to do it for us today. DJ Bucky, Move the Six podcast, Sully producing. I think doing a lot of work behind the scenes back there as well. Uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for downloading Move the Sticks with Daniel Jeremiah and Bucky Brooks. For more, go to nfl.com slash podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.